All right, guys, you are here with the sports line predictors, and God, it is great to be back with you guys. If you listened to the last episode, you know that we kind of went over some NFL, we went over some a little bit of hockey, uh, but we mainly focused on MLB, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We are going to be talking MLB, but I'm joined with a couple other predictors, predictors, geez. I'm joined by a couple other predictors, and you already know who they are, but let's go ahead and introduce them. You're here with my main dog, my sidekick, Matty D. How you doing? Well, everybody, we do know that he is the Robin to my Batman. Uh, so you're saying Batman's the, the sidekick? Oh, you wish. Wow. But I do want to say... My predictals, man. It's almost like we're Skittles. Um, or you're just trying to borrow like Snoop Dogg's dictionary or thesaurus or whatever you want to do. But no, how you doing today, AJ? I am doing just peachy. I mean, if peachy. you've been following on the page, then you already know that that I'm loving life right now. So we've been um, doing very well on the page with our picks. This past week, we are 10 and 2 with our single picks, and we hit a parlay. And we've been missing, we missed two parlays by one leg, but you know what? You can't complain about that. I am loving the results that we're getting so far this week. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I am excited to finish this off strong. Um, (laughs) We've got a couple other predictors with us. You want to? We do. Um, And I do want to give you a heads up. There may be another predictor joining, not tonight, but future episodes that likes to talk baseball as well him and i had a nice chat this morning Ooh, a secret predictor a secret predictor i'll keep him i'll keep him hidden for a little while um but of course we do have to kick it over to mr dan how you doing today i'm doing very good today was a good day the uh the picks are getting good the picks are hot you know making some money that's always a good thing you know on the uh in the green, if you will. So Ooh. pretty good. I like it. I like it. Me and too. Obvi- uh, of course, we're joined again by our friend, the newest predictor, Andy. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? You know, doing- there. What is this hat? I just want to. I just want to talk about it for a second. What do we got going on here? Uh, this is uh, my boy Pete. Um, Matt knows this from working with me, and Dan might also remember uh, the shirts I wear are all from the same company, and they launched their own fake minor league baseball hat series. And this is the head of customer service. Yes, that's awesome. He sent me a free one on my birthday a couple of years ago. I have like three of these. Ooh, uh, there might be a there might be a hidden shout out coming. Uh oh. I mean, perhaps there may have been, but I just realized that there's a there's a person's head on that hat. Yeah. I thought it was the Princeton Tigers, and I was just like, yeah, rawr. <laughs> no, it's a, no, that is that is equally as great as my shirt that has my face on it. <laughs> I've heard about the you shirt. wearing a shirt. <laughs> I like it. Jeez. It's a shirt <laughs> within a shirt. 
Oh my gosh. But and then you see, we were gonna say what? Princeton, BYU. Come on now. <laughs> Got a uh, AJ, I wonder where you just spent a long uh, uh quite a bit of time. Oh, you know, the laundromat. <laughs> No, I got to do laundry. That's why I'm wearing this hoodie. I uh, I do have some interesting news about Utah, though, if you guys want to hear it. It's baseball-related. Go ahead. So apparently – I didn't even know this. My parents told me this. Oh, well, not my parents. My dad told me this. Uh, he said that Larry H. Miller or, or somebody – one of the, the huge car companies out there, they are building their own baseball stadium out there for potentially the Oakland athletics to, to kind of play in until they get to Vegas. In the Las Vegas athletics? They well, do not have a home. They're still in Bay, uh, Oakland right now, Matt. And, you know, if they go over to – they want it to kind of be an expansion. They're spending $1.2 billion on this on this stadium. Wait, wait, wait. So, so I don't understand that you said they don't have a home, but I thought it was okay for them to go to Vegas. So Utah is going to build a stadium for them to go to Utah for them to then go to Vegas. No. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Utah wants to host them because they want to show that they can have like their own MLB team. Cause they, they're talking about doing expansions, you know, they, they want to bring two more teams into the league, I think, or, or maybe shift some teams around. Um, okay. Cause I know is kind of rumor to be going somewhere, but they, they want to stay there and then, Oakland obviously is moving to Vegas potentially. I mean, it's not like 100% final, but <laughs> I, uh, it could, they, they could potentially just, you know, say, Hey, let's just get a whole new team in Vegas and let's just have the Oakland uh, A's move on over to, to Salt Lake and, and kind of play over there. They have the <laughs> minor league team over there as well. They got a couple minor league teams. Oh man. So b- baseball wise, did anybody watch any preseason today or not? Yeah, yeah. So the Dodgers and the uh, Padres. How's it looking? Whew, it was like eighteen one. Mm. It's pretty uh, mm. one sided, if you will. The book it with Trent guy, who's like notorious for like everybody just baiting his plays because he's he's horrible at at picking bets. He said he spent the entire like he spent so much hours in the lab researching and doing everything. And you know, I don't know what his pick was today. No runs in the first inning. <laughs> there are eight, eight runs. And, and there was eight runs in the first inning. So it's, it's funny. It's funny though because Andy and I were actually talking about that for baseball. We were. <laughs> yes. I don't know that I would have gone with that in that game, but like, <laughs> it's a safe bet more often than not. But like, not just automatically. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty good bet. I, the equivalent of it I think is is not in the preseason. Not in yeah. preseason. If you're doing that in preseason, you really need to call 1-800 ho penny. Seriously. <laughs> like you are a degenerate if you're if you're betting preseason baseball. <laughs> like no, nobody is against looking. the most stacked lineup in baseball perhaps. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't get it. And here's the thing. All these pitchers right now, like they're not they're not pitching their best stuff. They're working on all these other pitches. They're usually throwing off speed breaking balls. And they don't care. They're meatballs. Like whatever. Yeah. And, they're getting loose. Working on location. Yeah. They're they're not trying to win the World Series no in February. Not at all. No. I, I think it's hilarious though, that it's like the equivalent of like goal in the first ten in hockey. Like that 
that's one of the most uh, I feel like broken uh, broken plays out there. If if you can you know get a good team to do it, but <laughs> not in preseason and definitely not yeah. against the Dodgers. No runs in the first inning. Like anytime the Dodgers play, I think I would actually go with runs in the first inning. Unless they're playing like a sort of ace, because they have they're stacked top to bottom, it's going to be tough to hold them not to a run, especially when it's the their first three to four or five batters that people face. Like they're all they're all good. It's so ridiculous. That's like it's like that's like me going to go pitch out there, and people are like, "Oh yeah, let's." He's not going to give up any runs. People are going to rock me. You know, it's 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 not it's not good. It's like a freaking. Uh, Slow pitch softball league and in pre- <laughs> Hey, you leave you leave uh you leave soft, that slow pitch softball alone. I love slow pitch softball. We we should get a sports line predictor slow pitch softball. No, so, we should get a sports line predictors T ball. Oh, it was kickball. Oh, I'd crush T ball. ball. I'd hurt myself. Maddie, Maddie said she thought it was kickball. Uh, here's the thing, my kickball career is over, you know. We we never won a game in three seasons, and the closest game that we came to win twice, the team just had to blow it every single time. Like, come on, Randy Johnson. Who has to blame the team? You know what's awesome though? I'll blame the team. I will blame the team all day. It's never. Mind. Listen here, Zach Wilson. What'd you say? I said, listen here, Zach Wilson. Wow. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> We could do a we could do a broom ball league. I know I know a couple good players. Yeah, because I don't. My body can't go back to that. Sixty five year old guy with a broom, (laughs) like that. That's all they do is they just want to go there to to fight. Oh, I've been I've I've spent some time talking to Andy, hearing some war stories. I played in that league for a long time. It is. I can't go back to that. He's actually not legally allowed to go back to that. I don't want to go. Like, I loved it, but my body is destroyed. I can't handle running around on ice anymore. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's my legs un- are no longer built for that. Now, remember when we were when we were working at the ice rink and they would have the broomball leagues, and all of a sudden you would just see people just getting hit in the face, you know, with, with the broomstick, getting hit in the face, you know, with the foot, getting hit in the face with any part of the body. Um, oh yeah, it is. It's brutal, and I don't know about you, but I'm not. I'm not trying to be a liability. I'm not trying to be on the front of a sports line predictor's tee in the wrong way. Oh, I've I mean, been hurt so many times doing so many stupid things. We could. We could also do sports line predictor rugby, though, because I know somebody that likes rugby too. None of them could make it out of rugby. <laughs> I used to play rugby in college. Rugby is is half back. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maddie said none of us would make it out of rugby. Nope, Did my sister plays, or she used to. And it's been how many years since he's played in college? <laughs> yeah, Matt, you're trying to get is Matt's secret? Like, is this is this agenda to get us all killed? Trying to take out an insurance <laughs> policy on me. <laughs> Matt, I'm pretty sure you couldn't even make it make it out of a of a of a t ball game, let alone a rugby. <laughs> game. So. We were talking about the, the the spring games. We were talking about warming up. Speaking of warming up, food for baseball games. What does that mm. do with warming up? That, that warming up? Hold on, hold on, Matt. Remember we were talking about about sandwich places last time. Okay, I totally left off one of like the 
what what was it? Uh, Lucky Sevens. I left Lucky Sevens oh, off. Oh, I love a Lucky Seven. Right? Oh. I don't even know how I th- forgot about that. No, Lucky Sevens is my go-to. Would be my go-to sub place if I'm going to get a sub. Oh my gosh! I have so, no idea what that is. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking baseball. We're talking snacks at the stadium. Oh, you gotta get the glizzy. To? Gotta get the glizzy dog. The Fenway. The Fenway Frank. Dan, what are you thinking? Um, going with a chili dog. Chili dog? Yeah. Okay. Nachos. Maddie said nachos. <laughs> Andy, what you thinking? I mean, I'm not opposed to the variety of snacks at today's you know baseball experience, but uh, call me a traditionalist. I love peanuts. Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so. I can tell you, and I know AJ's going to be on it. You can't fuck with the ice cream, the soft serve. What are you going to get in the cup? In the helmet? In the helmet. 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 Totally. I like it. (laughs) I'm surprised I can't see one in like my like line of sight right now. You know, you know what I love? I love um, the, the dollar day. The dollar hot dog day and like the two dollar two dollar brew day at the at the Mets games. Those are fun. Yes. <laughs> that is a that's a good no. I like me a good good Sunday. I also like me some French fries, like a good you know yeah. Good, little. I mean, hey, dude, hey, you've got to be like a psycho to not like French fries. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> what kind of like very fair fries? Curly, curly fries. Oh yeah. Curly fries, seasoned curly fries. The the number one thing I hate at a baseball stadium is their pizza. I will never get a slice of pizza at a baseball stadium. <laughs> that is top five worst things you could ever ever eat. First thing, first thing being a fastball to the face. If you're, <laughs> if you're not paying attention to the game, foul ball right there. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I uh, when I went down to the Yankees game. Um, when they were playing the Blue Jays, I remember I got – they had some really good uh, chicken tenders there. They were just so expensive. Mm, it was, but you yeah. could get a whole bucket full of them. It was like 20 tenders and fries. So, uh, you know what? Uh, I mean, obviously, you got your obvious choices of beverages when you go go to a baseball game. You know what I really wish, like, a baseball stadium would have? A milkshake? Fucking, you, can get a, you can get a milkshake there. But that's not what I want. Matt no. would drink a milkshake at a. At, he Matt would would drink a milkshake. Well, he would not. He and he would have, would have a bacon dog. You know what I would like? I would like one of those fucking sugary ass lemonades. Oh, those are the best. Oh, like a fair lemonade. Yes. Yeah. 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 Where it's fresh squeezed, but it's it's, it's with not. with five bags of sugar in it. Water, lemon juice, and a crap ton of sugar. <laughs> oh my gosh so uh, i think i think we need to appease i think we need to appease the fans that we need to get into we need to get in the american league east where would you want to start let's start in the american league east <laughs> I, I like it no uh let's let's start with the baltimore orioles you know they were the one of the bigger, probably the biggest surprise teams of that of that you know division last year. 
last season. There's a couple, you know, there was a couple surprise teams in that. If you were listening and following us last year, um, I feel like it was just a surprise top to bottom, you know, I, I think every, I, when we were doing it with Lucas, I know that we were talking Orioles and I know we all thought the Orioles were going to be better than they were the season before into next season, but I don't think anybody could have seen them being 101 and 61 last season and number one in the AL East in 2023. Like that is wild. So congrats to the Orioles on that. Um, But I'll tell you what, the Orioles have big shoes to fill and huge expectations heading into the 2024 season. And it all starts with some of these notable off-season moves that they've done. They have re-signed Cole Irvin, re-signed Ryan Mountcastle, re-signed Cedric Mullins, and Anthony Santander. They acquired Corbin Burns from the Brewers, Craig Krimberl as their closer. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to be the first to say it. The Orioles lack starting pitching, and that's going to be their downfall this season. And I think they're just going to have too many, too many expectations. And no matter what they do this season, if they don't perform better than they did last season or are number one in this division, I think people are going to see it as, as a failed season. But I know that Corbin Burns is listed as the probable day one starter with Bradish and then Grayson Rodriguez returning. But beyond that, they don't really have too much in the pitching department. Um, yeah, Burns was a good addition, uh, but they're lacking a great solidified number one pitcher. I mean, I I don't think he's the Corbin Burns of, of what, two, three years ago when he was in contention for Cy Young, uh, you know. But yeah, I like Grayson to, to eventually fill that role, but he needs to limit the runs that he gives up. He, last year, I feel like every time he came on, he was giving up three to five runs every single time he pitched. Very similar to um, what team were we talking about last week that I that I said that they they gave up too many runs. It, it was one of their pitchers. It's very similar to that, but he does boast a three to one K to walk ratio, which is pretty good. And if they can acquire another pitcher, then there's no reason that they can't repeat as the AL East leaders. I don't know. I don't know what you guys got on the Orioles, but. I'm going to kind of leave it there and then let's kind of go. I, I have some more stuff, but I kind of want to hear what you guys think about this, this starting or, or this pitching rotation for the Orioles. Andy, take it away. I mean, I don't think you're far off that after Burns, it's not anything super special, but I think that rotation has enough depth to get them through. Um, I don't know that it's going to be enough to shut down the offenses of the AL East consistently, but it's going to be enough to keep them very competitive. Um, I kind of think overall the Orioles might be looking at like maybe a second ish kind of place uh, finish in this division, maybe third. Um, The middle of the pack here is, I mean, very much up for grabs, but I I don't foresee them being as uh, on fire as they were last year, but they're very capable of it. Um, But I think they're going to come in around like 86-ish wins uh, in this division, Um, especially with that pitching staff. Like you said, they're not great. Yeah, they're they're good. I mean, they got got some – they got – their offense, their lineup is going to kind of be the key here, um, you know, hitting-wise. I feel like last season they had – 
so much surprises as on all these players. I mean, obviously you had Adley Rushman, you, you had uh, Santander, you had Mullins that was playing really well. Um, Mount Council. I feel like just every time everything was going good for the Orioles. And I don't know if that's going to happen again this season. Like they need to have a flawless season, I think, to come out as number one in this division. Um, Matt, I don't know. I don't know what you got on the on the pitching for the Orioles. Do you, do you have anything you want to add, or, or Dan? Do you have anything you want to add to the pitching of the Orioles before I get into uh, their lineup and, and, and kind of what I think about it? Not on the pitching aspect. No, I was just wondering what your thoughts are. Uh, you're probably going to mention it uh, momentarily, so um, I don't have anything on the pitching lineup now. Yeah. What about what about you, Matt? You got anything on the pitching you wanna you wanna add in real quick? Pitching wise, I'd have to say it's probably the least impressive out of the American League East to me. Least impressive. Ooh, that's a tough one, Matt. That is a that's a bold statement. I think a very bold statement. <laughs> I think it's. I honestly think it's the second the second least impressive pitching rotation. I think there's one other team that has a worse pitching rotation out there in the uh, I, East. And I know who you're thinking. Well, I would say it's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a – I don't know. But we'll we'll get into, into some of those other rotations here in a little bit. The Orioles boast a plethora of, of batters and potential breakout players led by the number one prospect in baseball, Jackson Holiday, uh, who should make his MLB debut probably, you know, Day one of the season. I don't I don't see him not being on this roster day one. The quest, biggest question for Holiday is where is he going to play? Is it going to be shortstop? Is it going to be second base? Is it going to be third base? No one really knows. I think he's probably going to play third base. Um, he's got a strong arm and he's got better defense than Gunner and will likely, uh, it will be key to his success at that position. You know, he's just got to stay consistent. But a player that I definitely want to see the Orioles bring up and and put into their lineup this season because I think he could have a huge breakout season. I think he is a, a great prospect. They have him labeled as the number eight prospect in his, in the Orioles uh, farm system, but it's Colby Mayo. Uh, he's a third baseman could play second base, um, a player I'm eager to see this year. The question is when will they make the move? Uh, you know, he could also play right field, which could be his best chance to play. He's a player with a big arm, a ton of power. He hit 29 home runs in double A AA and triple A. He's just a player that I kind of want to see out there because I think outside of Jackson Holiday, if they can get another batter in there that can kind of give him a lot of a big playability, I think it's going to be Kobe Mayo. And, you know, second base is looking real weak for him. Right field, they have Santander, but I mean, Kobe Mayo could be a good fill-in player. I mean, he doesn't have to play every single game, but he's a 6'5 guy who, who, got a really strong bat so i want to see him hit in the mlb this season um i don't know what, what you guys got on on the on the batters or, or any of these potential prospects coming up but orioles could have a really good lineup and can put up a ton of ton of runs if they can get everything clicking again i'm, I'm looking at this uh one prospective lineup uh for the orioles that has uh gunner henderson at shortstop it has uh ryan mountcastle at first base uh, Jordan Westberg at third base and Jackson Holiday at second base. Yeah, because Jordan Westbrook, I mean, it's not he's not really that impressive. I, I'm not a big fan of him. I mean, I think he could be the liability somewhere to get cut from that team. You know, and they, they have some other players, you know, Austin Hayes, they could trade away. I mean, he's their left fielder. I mean, 
there's just some players that they can kind of get rid of. I, I know Gunnar Henderson, is he, is he going to be, I know he's hurt, but how long is he out for? I mean, it, who really knows, but this is a, this is a very interesting, you know, time for the, for the Orioles to kind of either put up or shut up on in this division. And I think they really need to put up for, for it not to be a, a failed season for them. So I'm going to go out ahead and say it. I, I got the Orioles finishing third in the AL East with an 80 with somewhere between 85 to 92 wins. Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty much where I have them finishing. I think that's a very reasonable win uh, window for them. Uh, kind of the same things you said about their lineup. I mean, I'm excited to see holiday play, but I, there's so many opportunities in that infield. I think they're going to shuffle a lot of those guys around. I think it's more about just keeping them in the lineup every day. Um, same with a lot of those guys in the infield. Uh, Henderson, I mean, certainly has the bat to warrant uh, time in that lineup as well. And they do have a good young lineup. Um, I'm interested in the outfield in the DH slot to hopefully see Heston Kierstead get uh, some more at bats to see kind of what he's capable of uh, to help out in that lineup. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's it's a middle of the pack finish probably this year for Baltimore. Yeah, I, I could also see them trading away Jorge Mateo at some point during this season just to kind of make room for for Holiday, to make room for Kobe Mayo, it, some of these other players that they really want to see play. Um, Mateo, you know, Hayes, uh, Jordan Westberg, I think that they're kind of liabilities this season for for the Orioles just because they got to get all these other prospects in that, that people actually want to see. But they could also trade some of these players away for, you know, some better, some more pitching. Because I know uh, right now they got Burns, Bradish, Rodriguez, Means, and Kremer, and I know two of those players are are technically hurt right now. So Bradish and Means, but I don't. Kremer is their as their number five. I mean that could be sneaky. I don't know why he's not four, but I, I think he's a little bit better than Means. But you know I can see him. I can see him uh, performing a little bit better than than what he's projected to. Matt, you got anything on uh, your prediction for the Orioles or uh, Dan? The Orioles, I. I really trust their hitting. I mean, they've got a solid group of hitters out there. Um, and it, like I said, I think uh, the, the pitching is going to be where they're going to, where they're going to end up losing those games. Um, Cause I think they're going to have no problem putting runs up. Um, I'm also saying right now, if you want to sprinkle some of those hitters in there for parlays, whether it be a couple total bases, RBIs, things like that. Um, you got a lot of great options for the for that team. I'd have to say I see them coming in probably fourth. Fourth, ooh. I'd say fourth with maybe eighty four. Four with eighty four. So yeah, I know. I, I mean, what was it? The Red Sox came in fifth, and they had what seventy eight wins last season. Yes, sir. So yeah, I know it's it's definitely a, a very competitive division where where I think it's going to be tight the entire way through. I think you're going to see a lot of shifting from from one, two, three down to four. I mean, at some point, what the Yankees were in fifth place last season in the division, and then they've ended up finishing what uh, third? Yankees were third in fourth. that division, yeah, third or fourth? Fourth, fourth, yeah. No, the Blue Jays were third, yeah. And yeah, no, it, it's a real tough division here. Um, one more thing, I did. You were saying you were sprinkling some of these players off of parlays. You want to know what I'm going to be sprinkling on the parlays? I'm going to be sprinkling the over in these in these uh, parlays, in these games. I'm going to be sprinkling the over of either 
the Orioles total team runs, you know, total game runs, you know, pitcher, whoever, whenever it's like Grayson Rodriguez out there, one of these third, fourth, fifth rotation guys, I'll probably be sprinkling on them to, to give up whatever their projected uh, run run line is at, you know? So that's something I'm going to be looking at for the Orioles this season, uh, bet wise at least. And then the big question is, do you see, do you see Adley doing the Derby again next year? Oh, he's got to. He was one of the hot, he was one of the surprise people in the Derby. I mean, as long as it doesn't really matter if, if you're not hitting home runs during the regular season, because during Derby time, anybody can really belt it out. It all depends on, on, uh, you know, the, the field you're playing at some, he's, he's very interesting because he could hit righty and he can hit lefty. So no, I, I definitely think we see him at the, at the home run derby again this season. He was definitely one of the most fun to watch last year. Yeah. He, here's the thing. And it sucks that he went up against the, who did he end up losing to last season two in round one? Because if he played anybody else in round one, he would have advanced to the next round. But I know that he, he was playing, he, I forget who his opponent was, but his opponent was just rocketing him out of there. And it was just a, a tough matchup for him. So, no, I, I definitely see him. So, I say let's just get it done with. Unless, wait, 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 wait. Dan, do you have anything else on them? Yeah, I think um, I think you guys are wrong. I think they're going to do well again this, uh, this year. They have a lot of good hitters. They're a young team. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle of the birds this year. You know, it's, it's a very high competitive league, and I think there's going to be lots of back and forth, but I think it's going to be a battle of the birds. Battle of the birds. Okay. I like it. I see. It's not the NFL. Oh, dang. It's okay because we all know the Falcons would come out on top until the last <laughs> second and then lose. <laughs> so, Dan, where? Uh, so you've got them coming out. Where do you got them? First or second. It's fair. It's respectable. So let's do it. This team has been hot last couple of years. Let's go over to Tampa. Ooh, Tampa. Yeah, 99 and 63 last season. Two games shy of tying the Orioles for, for the split lead of the AL East. One of the biggest surprise teams to start the 2023 season where they won 13 games and then falling to finish second place in the NL or in the AL East uh, to the Orioles. They were consistent in hitting all season. They were fourth in runs, third in batting average, fourth in on-base percentage, and fourth in slugging. Uh, pitching ended up being their downfall, uh, ranking near the bottom tier of the league in quality starts. I mean, the Rays must be more consistent in pitching, which is Hard to believe because they had one of the best whip in baseballs and ranked top in ERA and top two in batting averages against uh, our opponent batting average. Um, but huge hit to this rotation, having Rasmussen out the entire season. Huge hit to that pitching rotation. The Rays this season could potentially have the best rotation in baseball. You know, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read their, their, their starting rotation right now. So I got Zach Elfin, Aaron Cervale, Ryan Pepois, who I think is an underrated addition to this team. They got Zach Littell. They got Taj Bradley. And Shane Baz is listed as a starting pitcher this season. Um, but the relief pitching is where this could all be decided for, for the Orioles. Or not for the Orioles, but the Tampa Bay. Sorry. 
the Rays should have a good amount of run support from their plethora of talented batters. Yandy Diaz will be the main focus on offense again, along with Randy Rosarina and Isaac Paredes. All three I project to have over 30 home runs this season. Uh, Taylor Walls should take over shortstop and can build off a solid season last year ago. Then I think this team is is all is all good to go ahead and, and kind of do good things. And obviously with both Lowe's and Harold Ramirez, this team will be tough to beat on a nightly basis. Sure, at times they're going to lose, but it won't be much. This team should be good this year, and I think they finally get back to their former glory days. My prediction for the Tampa Bay Rays, number one in the AL East with 95 to 100 wins, especially if Franco is able to return. There it is. I'll be the one to say it. All right. I guess I'll be the one to say that I believe the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what you got. I'm worried about their pitching's ability to be that consistent. I have them ranked as the worst staff, at least from a starting perspective, even though I know the Tampa Bay loves to screw around with how they utilize their, their pitching staff, which is a very unique uh, way to do things. I do love Kevin Cash. I did have the opportunity to see him hit a grand slam at Yankee Stadium. I'll shamelessly plug that. Um, but I don't know that I trust their pitching staff to be that good. Their offense, I totally agree with you. There's not really a lot of star power and not a lot of flash to this offense. It comes from all over the place. They're very consistent, and that's what I like about the Tampa Bay offense. So I do think that they are capable of being competitive in this division. Um, but I don't know that they can – be that good, but I certainly see them being very middle of the pack. Um, I see them in Baltimore being very much kind of in that third-ish spot, um, finishing around this at the end of this. Um, I don't think that they can be that strong again. Um, they, I think they need way too much to go right, um, and they move um, just in that middle area for me. Like I said, that's where I, I feel like they're going to finish off. Yeah, I mean, it, it could it could definitely play out that way. I'm I'm just last season I was dogging the Tampa Bay going all up into the season, and then they kind of just shut everybody up. And I don't know, they're I, capable of it. I, I mean, I can't just I can't say that they they can't make another run like that. I just don't foresee them being that great that consistently. I mean, one of the most important pieces to them, I think, is players they need to repeat things that don't have a track record of repeating them i mean pete fairbanks is only going into his second season as a full-time closer and for that team to be very effective they need a very strong back end rotation and closer is such a fluky position that i get nervous about teams that build their their pitching strategies around things like that um their rotation also kind of fluky in the way they use it it can, it's so dicey to to have a strategy like that it's so genius when it works and it's so 500 when it doesn't i think um but that offense i think is consistent enough to keep them functional in this al east absolutely yeah i'm 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 right there with you on fairbanks last season i wasn't really high on him and he kind of you know, outperformed everybody's expectations, but he's a 30 year old, old pitcher. 
got a strong arm, but uh, I think they have another pitcher on there that that I think could could be a very good closer. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be Fairbanks to lose, and and you know what? I'm fine yeah. with it. Dan or Dan or Matt, you guys got anything on? You know what I'm thinking? Um, that you love me. <laughs> what do you think? So I've got one of you thinking they're going to be towards the top. One of you thinking they're towards the bottom. I'm actually dead center on this one. Right in the middle. Uh, yeah. I think I don't. I don't think that they have enough to replicate what they did last season. I don't think they're going to go on a what was it? It was a 19 games or whatever in the beginning of last season. They they uh, won, they won 13 games in a row last season before they lost. But out of all those games, they only lost. They only like they won every single one by at least two runs or more in that 13. Like they started off really hot as as one of the best, uh, you know, lineups in baseball. You know, hitting wise and everything, they were they were all over the place. And I just think it's going to be tougher for these opposing pitchers to to kind of fool them on a nightly basis. Then again, uh, as on top of that, even on a on a consistent, you know inning to inning basis i mean yeah i don't i I don't see that happening i'm sorry but i mean i think they're gonna have the uh the black cloud of um you know a little bit of uh drama from last year it's gonna be overshadowing it a little bit i i do like a rosarena but as andy was saying this this offense it doesn't have, it doesn't have the star power. It doesn't have. I don't think it's got it. I think I think it's just going to be one of those middle of the road teams. Um, and I'm not saying that because my favorite teams in the American League East. I wanna I wanna also key in on on who I was talking about earlier, Ryan Pipois, 26 year old. You know, last year he went two and one as a starter, but he was 2.1 in the ERA. But going into last season, you know, not a lot of people really knew about him. He actually was seven and two as a starting pitcher coming up from the minors to pitch against these major leaguers. And I know, I know, yeah, he was playing for the Dodgers and everything like that. And they have the offense to to back it up. But I mean, he doesn't give up that many runs and he's there. He's listed as their number three pitcher. I, I'm it's, he's a, he's going to be a very key essential to this rotation. I mean, following up Elfin and following up Cervale, um, and in be- right before Bradley. I mean, Bradley was one of those strong arm pitchers that can strike you out, and they got him going in before him. Like I, I think people are really sleeping on, on, on this lineup and, and rotation this season, and it, I'm excited to kind of see how this whole thing plays out for him because I, I honestly do think it's. I don't think people say it's their division to lose, but I mean, I think that. you're excited to see what they do because you know they can they're a team that can uh they can fuck with the blue jays why would i want anybody to beat the blue jays (laughs) (laughs) we'll oh we'll get to the blue jays all right we'll we'll get we'll get to that but you hear you hear it from me i'm telling you middle of the road number three that's a and that's a safe pick i i think it's a very safe pick for (laughs) for Tampa Bay, you know, fans this season to just go in there, be like, yeah, all we got to do is just not come in last and not come in fourth and, and do third or better. And, and I think that's a, that's a really good prediction from you, Matt. Um, 
I just wanted to be, I want to be a little bit more bold, you know, Dan, what do you get? What do you got on, on Tampa Bay this season? Anything? I'm thinking a uh, third or fourth, uh, you know, they did start out strong with 13 straight wins and they got like uh, more than two thirds of the scores than their opponents did. But, you know, they, they start out really strong and a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for them and, Baltimore caught up out of nowhere and you know they do have a lot of amazing athletes when they're healthy they're really fun to watch but you know I I don't know if they're going to have that um, jump straight out the gate and you know have that momentum I think they're gonna try to you know just play game by game and and work into it and not be hot coming right out of the gate yeah I think I think all the way I look at it is these pitchers just can't give up more than like four to six runs on a nightly basis, because I think that they have so much potential to put up runs um, on a consistent nightly basis, but I, it's definitely going to come down to to pitching and more specifically their relief pitchers. And just like Andy said that the closer there and Pete Fairbanks. All right. So where do we want to go to next? Unless anybody has anything on uh, anything else on the Tampa Bay Rays. Move up. Move up north. Move it up. I think we can only go north from there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you really but how know. far north do we want to go? Oh, let's take it to the home state. Let's get this one out of the way. I wasn't sure if you wanted to stop in Mass or not. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna go right to the New York Yankees. To the heart. To the heart? Oh my gosh. Right to Matt. Let's tell. Let me tell you. I want you to tell me what you think of this prediction. All right, twenty twenty three. They were eighty two and eighty fourth in the AL East. This is coming from a Blue Jays fan. Okay. Oh, the Yanks! Such a love and hate relationship. My gut tells me that they should be good, but I'm not convinced yet. The Yankees did a lot in the off season. Key additions: Juan Soto. Marcus Stroman, Alex Verdugo, and Luke Weaver. But key losses in Bader, Brito, Higashioka, Isaiah Kinnear, uh, Falala, Falafa, however, Falafel, whatever you want to say. Uh, they lost King, they lost Peralta, and they lost Severino. Yes, it seems like they lost a lot, but they are better in so many ways. This pitching rotation was lights out last season, and it should be better this season. But with upgrades and batting, that should lead to a better offensive output than last season and solid pitching from T to B. That's top to bottom for all of you guys who don't know your acronyms. Uh, this team has so much potential, but will it be enough? I think at times... Yes, they'll look like the best team in Major League Baseball and eventually taper off to being a really good team who should have a really good season. But my prediction yet until this batting gets hot on a consistent basis is second place in the NL East, 90 to 93 wins. False. Let's hear what you got. I can tell you this. I can tell you this right now. Tell me right now. I can tell you this right now. Motherfucker. Yeah. Tell this, me right now. This is a very scary lineup. Yeah. I mean, right now, right now, Stanton, Soto, Judge, Verdugo, Volpe, who was 
great last season. LeMahieu, Torres, Rizzo. I mean, they should be putting things up over and over and over and over this season. Um, as far as pitching rotation, this is probably one of, and once again, not because it's my team, one of the better rotations, as you stated when you were reciting your poem there. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's a really good rotation. But you want to know Gar- you you've got know Garrett Cole, you've got Nasty Nestor. Ew. And you <laughs> never never say that again, Matt. God, I'm right there with, with Maddie. Please never say nasty Nestor ever again. <laughs> Jeez. I, I you got wrote on. Apology now. I'm not apologizing for shit. I mean, it's so and funny and yet so gross. <laughs> I know. But it how much did you love Volpe last season? Oh, I love I love Volpe last season and I like him a lot this season. But here's the thing. You're talking about you want Rizzo to perform good, you want Torres to perform good, you want LeMahieu to perform good, and you want Judge to perform good and Stanton to perform good. And how many of them actually performed good last season? That's true. So it can only really go up from last season, but how can you go? And I do I do have I do have a thing I do have to say. I had this conversation earlier today. Mm-hmm. I think that Aaron Judge is going to be a problem this season. Well, he can only be better than last season. Because he's going to be nursing that toe all season long. Wait, so you think he's going to be you so you think he's going to be good or bad? Well, I think he's going to be bad. Oh, you meant problem as in like, oh, I thought you meant problem like he's going to be a problem for opposing, you know, lineups and, and teams. Oh, you're saying he's going to be a problem for your team. He's going to be a problem staying healthy. I can tell you that right now. So you take out your best player, your best offensive weapon, and you think this team's going to come in first place in this division, Matt? I do. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> And you're and you're banking on and you're banking on Giancarlo Stanton, who is strikes out almost ninety percent of the time when he gets up to the bat. That's to, okay. To to lead this team, Juan Soto, yes, he'll be good. Anthony Volpe, yes, he'll be good. Verdugo, I think he should be their their leadoff hitter. I think he's a very good. I think he'll be good at that role. Um, oh, you know they're not going to lead off with him now. I think they should and. Uh, he's just a very good player. I mean, what did he did he didn't he lead off? Uh, what did he one of the lead off hitters most likely for uh, the Red Sox last season? Well, that's an Andy question. Uh, that guy. I mean, he's gonna give great defense. Um, his offense is capable but inconsistent, and man, is his motor questionable so i'm not mad that we don't have him anymore like and maybe but, he but, turns it around in new york maybe he doesn't i don't know was he was he the lead off i mean everybody was the lead off in one season i mean what a team that was like it's they experimented with so many different things he hit at the top of the lineup an awful lot i don't recall him doing a lot of lead off necessarily um i'd be lying if i said i remembered <laughs> I just I just also want to reiterate that I said that this team was going to come in second place. So, Matt, you weren't spoke, speaking like a true Yankee fan, taking offense to me actually saying that they're going to be pretty good. 
And it's just still not good enough for you guys. You guys live and die by the home runs, okay? And yes, I think you guys are going to hit a ton of home no, runs. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Because your hit, your pitching, all right, gives up like what two to three runs a game, and you guys were still losing last year because you guys couldn't put up runs. So you guys live and die by the home runs because you guys can't get a good batting average going for the team. So pretty much it's just like, oh, who can get walked and who can hit home runs at time? Yeah, Volpe hit some home runs last year, but most of Volpe's home runs were unclutch home runs. They were in like the most random at spots. And never did he do it when he was like the number one, two, three, four, five batter. It always came when he was like six, seven, eight, or nine. So they got Volpe at seven right now. That's a good spot for him. His on-base percentage isn't too good, isn't too bad. It's going to be better than it was last season. I think that the Yankees are going to be better than last season. I just don't think they're going to be number one. I do. I think this – I think this. and here's the thing. Marcus Stroman, I think, is going to be a great pitcher for this team. I think he's putting in a lot of work. I think he probably will have the best season of his career for the Yankees this upcoming season because their pitching – they just seem to do something different with their pitching – but they got him listed behind Carlos Rodon. And Rodon is not a number two starting pitcher. But it's whatever, you know. Your catcher also, Austin Wells, not a big fan of him. You guys you guys lost too much. You didn't bring in too much stuff to wow me. But I think you're going to be better than last season, especially when you bring back Jason Dominguez. Once you bring back Dominguez, I think that this offense is going to be pretty good. But you got to get rid of probably Peraza. You got to get pro- you got to get rid of, of maybe Trevino. Um, I mean, outside of like their most well-known hitters and everything like that, like Rizzo didn't wow me last season. Torres was actually pretty good last season. LeMahieu was decent near the beginning, and then all of a sudden just shit the bed. All right, and Glaber, I love. Yeah, and, and I thought they were going to trade him last season. I honestly thought they did. They were. I thought they should have, and I'm glad. That's why they could. traded IKF. But I am I, – I, I'm excited for the Yankees this season. I think they have a crap ton of potential, but I think I think people are just putting too much into, into Soto, too much into Judge, and too much into some of these other players that they got and not keying in on all these other players that they lost. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we can uh, we can make our wager after you name your number one. We'll we'll make our wager. See, you name my number one. I said it was the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, you did. I said Tampa was going to be one. Yeah. The Yankees were going to be second, and the Orioles were going to be third. I've given you guys better than the that's, Orioles. And that's, that's how much. That's how much I think of your number one right now. Um, I I'm willing to wager this one with you. That what? What are we wagering? That the Yankees are we wagering? The only thing that we would be wagering is that the Yankees are will finish four. better than Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'll take that wager, Matt. I don't really care because I think that, <laughs> I, I whatever. I mean, your your wager record against me when we do these aren't isn't that good? Well, guess what? It's about to get a tad bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what you got on the Yankees this season? Let's hear <laughs> I think Garrett Cole is a really good pitcher. I think Nestor Cortez is a very good pitcher. I think Aaron Judge is going to be injury-plagued. His toe is going to turn into his foot, going to turn into his leg, going to turn into his whole body. And I think they 
put in Juan Soto to uh, get a lot of runs generated when they really didn't in a lot of clutch times. They had opportunities to win a few close games, but they were missing, you know, that one power hitter. I think they're putting a lot of, uh, you know, hope into Juan Soto. I don't think he's going to perform as well as they hope he's going to. So I think they're going to do coming last. Ooh. Ooh. You better yell at him. I gave him second place and you freaking ripped me a new butthole. You better get into him right now, Matt. <laughs> get into him? Yeah. <laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your camera on, too, while you do it. What the hell? <laughs> so you got more offended at me for saying they were going to come in second than you did with Dan saying you were going to come in last. This is, okay, this is another one of those divisions where you're all going to be against me on it. Say, oh, they're going to come in last. Well, you, you, said, you said second, so I appreciate that. We don't even know where Andy thinks they're going to be yet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't said anything yet. We're, but please hash this out. I can't like. <laughs> I think he's right. Like second place got a lashing, and Dan said last place. Like I, I need to hear your reaction to this. <laughs> wait, 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 Andy. What is yours? All right, fair enough. So first. I think this is the most capable starting rotation in the entire AL East. If this rotation stays healthy, they're going to keep this offense that should be so much better in every game that they play. I really think that they're going to be able to get through this season if they all stay healthy and and are able to do what the team needs them to do. Nobody on this rotation like needs to be a hero, um, but I think that they are going to be one of the most important parts to the Yankees' uh, success this season. Their offense, I I hate saying this as a Red Sox fan, but it has to be better, and I think it's going to be better. I think that Judge is going to be okay. He might be a little timid at first, but when he realizes that it's not inherently going to be an all-the-time kind of problem. He'll be fine. And I think if the organization can get through to him that Stanton is not going to be there forever and they're going to shed themselves of Stanton and shift him to a DH. Like, if they're that concerned about him, he is their cornerstone player. With Juan Soto capably waiting in the wings, and fuck, do I hate that the Yankees went out and got Juan Soto on that contract. Like, And I don't dismiss that the points that Dan made that they – I, they obviously expect a lot from him. You're like you, you don't go get a player like that if you don't. But I think that he and Judge are going to balance each other out very well, and it's going to make this offense hum. And I think they're going to put up a lot of runs, way more than they don't. Um, it is interesting, like you pointed out, AJ, like Rodon as a second pitcher in the rotation. I don't know. Like, if you believe in a matchup strategy with that, like, I'm fine. Like, but I, I agree. I don't know that he's a number two, um, but I think that he'll be okay. I think he'll be back to the Rodon they expected to get when they signed him before he got hurt. Um, Nestor Cortez is definitely a player I like. Um, 
I know nobody likes it, but I'd rather call him Nestor the Molester. I mean, that's just... <laughs> okay, funnier. nobody had that an issue with Nestor that. the Molester, but they had an issue with Nasty Nestor. <laughs> that's a perfectly fine nickname. <laughs> His name's Nestor! <laughs> right? Okay, I mean, Maddie said she's done with the name Nestor. <laughs> but I do think that this offense is really, really good. Um, I do like uh, Volpe a lot. Um, I think that it's going to help um, this offense go. I am excited to see Jason Dominguez grow into a role with this team and get some more bats. I don't think he's going to be a super meaningful player, uh, meaningful contributor on this team until next year, but he's going to see some time, uh, hopefully, and get about, I'd say, like 100 bats or so this season. Um, but I have the Yankees winning this division with about 95 to 96 wins. God damn right. Wow. So you, you needed the so, and to have your back on this one. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I don't like admitting this. Like I, but it's true. I think they're too good and they're too deep and they're going to be better than the division. How many wins did you say they were going to have there, Andy? I think they're going to win the division with around 95 ish wins. Yeah. Yeah. I had them at 90, 93. Yeah. All right, Matt. So, let's let's hear your let's hear your tangent on on the three of us. I guess the tangent on the three of you. Yeah, on, on our on our projections. There, you said you wanted to hear Andy's, and then you were going to go in on something. Well, so now I'm not as upset with Andy. <laughs> um, I almost made I almost made a uh, a fair wager, uh, reminiscent of Steelers Super Bowl against the Packers. Um. I, I almost uh, to make a long story short, for that Super Bowl, I, I was friends with somebody who was a huge Steelers fan, had the same facial hair for years. Um, we wagered hair versus hair. So if Andy was going to come in last, I was gonna I was gonna ask him to throw the beard on the line. <laughs> I answer to a higher power about this beard and I don't put it on the line. <laughs> and that's why he picked first place. No. <laughs> no, uh, no, I didn't like this. And I I sat down and I looked at this division so much more in depth than I did the last one. And I did not like coming to that conclusion. I really did not. But yeah, I think I think they're winning this division. I I think it's I think it's their division to lose, but I think there's just I I want to see a lot more, and I'm I'm excited to see I want to see Cabrera play. So Oswaldo Cabrera play. I really did like his play last season. I think he's a pretty decent player, but I think they have too many aging people in this infield. It's too crowded. You know, they got Lemayhu, they got Torres, they got Rizzo, they got Volpe. Um, they also have uh, Peraza and Cabrera playing infield. And, I mean, where, where are you going to get some of these other players some of this batting time? I mean, when Giancarlo Stanton, I, yeah, I think they should trade him. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right – I was right there with you, just not at the very top. And I'm the I one mean, who uh, pretty much jumped. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, Derek Jeter gift wraps a prime Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees – when he was running the Marlins, but who's going to take John Carlos Stanton out the Yankees' hands? Like, nobody. Like, why? And why would you? He's 
a shell of himself. You mentioned it earlier, and I looked at it. His strikeout rate over the last two seasons is 30%. 30% is unacceptable. Like, that that guy is a black hole. I mean, he's still got the power. You put it in his wheelhouse, and he's going to make you pay. But it's not that hard to pitch to him. Um, And they're going to play him because he's making way too much money not to see at bats. But I think they're going to shuffle a lot of guys around to see a lot of play uh LeMahieu I think is going to see a lot of time all over the infield everybody's going to rotate around in that DH spot um but I think ultimately long term for the Yankees especially I mean you want to invest in this Judge Soto combo you got to make Judge your primary DH and you got to get Stanton the fuck out of there because Stanton can't play anywhere in the field and you shouldn't be putting a glove on him to be out on the dirt or the grass like absolutely not yeah I agree uh, no, uh, Dan, we will uh, we'll revisit this. Oh, great! So I don't even get to watch this. Oh, come on! Yeah, I know. Like that's that's theater that I'm here for. Like, <laughs> if a second place, no, it's fine. Don't got worry. that? Like, I'll be the martyr. It's okay. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, are you going to stab Dan? Is that what you're going to do? Or, like, you have to talk about it in person? Like, you know, with a knife? My opinion may have been a little biased. Being a lifetime Mets and ISB Red Sox fan for a while. I was a Blue Jays fan for a while, too. So it's it's a little biased. I mean, I don't mind the spite. You know what? As a Red Sox fan, I am here for the spite pick. All right? You know, I will endorse Dan. If that's his rationale for putting the Yankees in last place, that's truly for that. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, 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 wait. So, if the Yankees come in first place, Dan, what's our wager? I'll take it. What is our wager? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have to come up with something. We'll come up yeah. with something, and I will take it. Episode. I'll take it. It doesn't matter, Matt. You can think of it, and I'll take it. I mean, don't don't be like, oh, you got like we're gonna have parameters to this as well. But I mean, we'll we'll think of something, and I'll I'll take it. I don't care. <laughs> we'll have Dan vacate his uh, fantasy titles. You guys still owe me a trophy or two. I do owe. <laughs> I do owe him a trophy. Yeah, I gotta get the trophy for Dan. True. Yeah. All right. Well, there, there's two more teams that we can cover in this division. I mean, where do we want to go? We want to go with Red Sox, or we gonna want to go with Blue Jays? Let's, Let's do, Red do Toronto. Let's do Toronto. Finish <laughs> and close with the Birds. Do Red Sox. Ooh, Matt, you're the deciding factor here. Let's finish domestically, and then we'll go internationally. All right, so we're doing Red Sox. Okay, all right. Going east. Going east of – I guess we're going a little northeast. But Boston Red Sox, 78 and 84 last year. Uh, the Red Sox have nowhere to go but up following the 2023 season, right? Finished last in the AL East and being a sub-500 team. Wrong. They will go down somehow. This team has potential, but they will not <laughs> fill it. The Red Sox have decent batters. Duran, Devers, Casa, Story, Yoshida, and O'Neal. And a few good pitchers in uh, Giolito, Pavetta, Brian uh, Bello. 
But outside that, they have few bullpen uh, bullpen studs. With limited depth at batting and pitching, I don't see much upside. Yeah, they could trade some players such as Cutter Crawford, Kenley Jensen, Tanner Hawk. They can commit to Brian Bello finally as the number one pitcher, which I wanted to see them do last season. But they have some players that they need to develop in 2024, and I think that this is a good time for them to do it. So Bello, all I have for Bello is duh. They need to develop him more. Uh, he was a very good pitcher last season. I want to see a little bit more from him this season. They have Marcelo Mayer, a shortstop that is their future. They have Anthony Romano, Rafaela, who's an outfielder, second baseman. They have Nick York, who could be a second baseman by the end of the season. My prediction, though, for the Red Sox is that they will be in fifth place, somewhere between 60 to 68 wins. What you guys got? All right, I guess I'll jump in and 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 discuss my my favorite team's bullshit standings because you're not wrong about basically at least they're finishing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm on board with you. Unfortunately, this is going to be a last place team again. They did nothing to make themselves better, and with no discernible reason to do nothing to make themselves better. Like, I cannot comprehend the lack of inaction by this front office to find meaningful talent to make this team better. I mean, this is a team that hung in the AL East last year and was very close to a playoff spot before they melted at the end of the season. And some upgraded pitching is very necessary for this team. I mean, there's holes all over this team right now. Um, But, the fact that Jordan Montgomery, who was literally in Boston with his wife, who's doing her residency, has not been signed to a contract, like it's not going to get better for the Red Sox from a pitching perspective. Like Giolito, like fine. At the front end of the offseason, when they signed Giolito, I was like, great, like a decent second or third rotation guy to to help us get through the season. And he's going to end up being the ace of this staff, and I'm not excited about that. He's capable, but he is not going to make this team better. It, it's money that I don't love that they spent if this was their end point. Like, Brand Bello has a lot of potential, but he melted down at the end of last season. And from August on, he was not great. And I I want to believe in him and he's young and I'm not panicking because of that, but he has to show sustained success. Um, And I do think he has the opportunity to become the ace of this staff and a cornerstone of this pitching staff, but they need to keep working with development. And I love that the Red Sox brought in Andrew Bailey as their pitching coach. Uh, I loved his time when he was in Boston. One of my favorite closers when he was active and he did wonders for the pitching staff in LA uh, Kevin Gaussman, he helped turn into a Cy Young candidate when we, uh, to turn him around from when he was in ba- uh, Baltimore from being like a lost cause. So I feel like the pitching staff has the opportunity to get better with that investment in Andrew Bailey, but they top to bottom have a long way to go. Their bullpen, as you mentioned, doesn't have a lot of flash power, but they are unbelievably good. But it's because they have to be unbelievably good because that rotation is not great because it's very young and cutter crawford is a guy i wouldn't mind seeing stick around but he also might have to be trade bait but they clearly have demonstrated that they're not looking to get better and this farm system is atrocious but i am nervous about marcelo mayer being the future of shortstop his contact rate and is not 
stellar and his, he chases terrible pitches. He chases everything. And at a certain point, you got to be able to hit major league hitting if you're going to be an everyday player. And his glove is a little suspect for shortstop. Um, but I could easily see them looking to shift him to second base. But, I mean, his, he's not expected to be ready for a few years. But but the middle infield is also very questionable. I mean, Trevor Story was was terrible last year. And that, I, I know that has a lot to do with injuries and a lot of lack of playing time. But he can theoretically only be better, but he could be so much worse. And he's going to be looking at getting a lot of meaningful at-bats. And I'm not excited about that. I'm really not excited about anything on this team Rafael Devers is fun to watch hit and he's a consistent hitter but he's a real suspect third baseman and at a certain point I don't know how much you can afford to put him out there the moves they made just don't make a lot of sense to me they really don't like I like Tyler O'Neill Tyler O'Neill is fine Tyler O'Neill is essentially a swap for a, a slightly more likable and Alex Verdugo like they I don't see it as an upgrade I see it kind of as a wash um, I'm just not worried that Tyler O'Neill is not going to run out his plays and not going to space out in the outfield. But I really don't see the Red Sox doing well overall. I am really excited about the Vaughn Grissom pickup. I kind of assumed when the Red Sox traded Chris Sale that it was to free up salary to make more logical moves, which they clearly didn't do. But I'm excited for Vaughn Grissom's opportunity to be a second baseman in Boston because there needs to be a new cornerstone. Pedroia just had no successor, has been a, a carousel of mediocrity since Dustin Pedroia manned that, that position at, at a, for a meaningful time. And I really, I mean, Atlanta only moved one of their best prospects away because they had no place to play him. I mean, he was not going to take Ozzie Albee's job, and they were looking to put him in the outfield. Like, I like that pickup for Boston. It's one of the few things I think they did right, but he's not a savior. Like, he's not going to fix this team. If everything goes right for this team – I see them finishing in dead last place with around 77 wins. Part of me would really like them to tank at about 60-ish wins to try to be in contention for a number one draft pick because, good Lord, this farm system is barren. I mean, Dave Dombrowski came in and did what Dave, Dave Dombrowski does, and he traded everything away to get the championships he got, and nobody restocked that farm system. It's dicey for the Red Sox now, and it's dicey in the future. And if you don't have people that you can develop, then you got to go sign free agents, and they're doing neither. And it's not a great time to be a Red Sox fan right now. It was critical. It was accurate. <laughs> And I'm, I'm not saying that because of the rivalry or anything like that. I'm saying that because it uh, he just stared into the soul of that team and uh, ripped their heart out. The Red Sox need to listen to that because they, they could take a take from, the, from, from that right there. They don't have to try to listen to it. All they have to do is open the windows of the office because every human being who who cares about the Red Sox in any capacity is saying it. Rafael Devers even came out last week and was like, "Why are you doing nothing? Like we can't win like this." Like and 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 wisely is like, and it's not that I'm saying don't believe my teammates, but like it's like I can't say it, but you know the thing that we need and you didn't do it. Like I know that Jordan Mon- spending the money on Jordan Montgomery, I get. I mean, is why he's still a free agent right now because people are afraid of it. But with with what Boston is looking at from what they have in their system, there's nothing. Like, there's nobody even remotely close to being a meaningful pitcher coming up through this organization. 
I mean, looking at some some top 100 prospect reports of players who are projected to be meaningful in their career, not a single pitcher for the Red Sox, like in that in that organ or in that categorization, they don't have anybody. Like their depth is their organizational depth is playing in Boston right now. So I mean, if you don't like handing Jordan Montgomery the money he's asking for now, next year's not going to be better. The talent pool is not going to be much better based on where contracts are right now, and they're going to ask for more because, of course, they are. Like, just give him money and try to be better. Like, he's not going to make them a World Series contender, but he's going to make them be maybe not a last place team. Like, I don't want them to be in last place. And then you can build off of that for next year. But right now, with what they're doing, like, I can't see them not finishing in last in the division. And I can't see them not competing for one of the worst teams in baseball. See, and one, I can say one of my favorite players from the Red Sox to take on a parlay, Yoshida. He petered out last season, too, because he's not – and, I mean, I think – I've been thinking a lot about this in preparation for talking about Yoshida, and I know I didn't talk about him a lot because there's nothing exciting on this team. A lot of Japanese players don't adjust well, or at least not right away, to the increased workload of the MLB season. And, I mean, I had him on my fantasy team last year, and out of the gate, like, not hitting for power, but hitting for really good average – and then around like mid season, like he just wore out and he was terrible. Like, and his glove is not good. Like, that was part of the reason that that I felt that Boston looked at bringing this guy in was that he was supposed to be an all around good outfielder, and he is not a good outfielder, and he's not a good enough hitter to be an everyday DH in the, in any version of of baseball. Like, so they got to figure something out. But hopefully he's he's stretched out a little bit more and he doesn't get so worn out because he's capable of the average, but uh, I don't love that guy. Yeah. He's one of those run of the mill players. Like last season, eight 16th and batting average tied for 148th and home runs at 15 RBI has only had 72 and his OPS was, you know, sub 800, you know, it, it's, it's not a it's it's not a roster that's wowing me that that's making me think any other than last place in this division. No, no, I don't I don't disagree. Um, like I said, I, there are some players that are fun for me to watch, and I I th- I'd say Yoshida was in the beginning of the season. You know, before the, he ran out of gas. Yeah, no, uh, Yoshida, great, great at getting doubles, you know, extra base hits, you know, things like that, doubles, triples. He, he's very good at, um, but he's just got to be consistent the entire season through. And based on all these other players that they have, you know, with the batting lineup, like, you, yes, they're going to look good at some times, but they're never going to look great this season, I don't think. And that's the thing that, that kind of mm-hmm. has me on the Red Sox is, is that they're not going to look great. Um, and most of the time they're going to look like poo. But it's okay. I mean, I, I do like players on the team. I like Duran. Duran, you know, a very good defensive player. Uh, Devers, you know, just like he said, you know, can hit at power at times. But, you know, he's not as consistent as you really want him to be. There's there's nobody on this team that that's really just like, oh, man, I wish they were on my team. Like, I want them on my team. Um, and that, that kind of comes down to just the roster and everything. It, it's just – not a sexy roster yeah you got you got some cool names on it but i mean 
Tyler O'Neill is probably one of the most fit players in the in the uh, in the MLB. <laughs> the dude's like literally look looks like a, a Greek statue. <laughs> Not mad that he's there, but like I just it doesn't make sense that he is there. Yeah. It, it just showed that there probably was not any other teams that wanted him as, as much. And he was like, yeah, I'll go to the Red Sox because he knows I have a chance to, to just start and play all season long. And you know what? If he gets hurt, who cares? Because the season's lost anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dan, what are you thinking on the Red Sox? Thinking it's uh, not going to be a good season like you've uh, – like everyone's been saying, you know, they don't have a lot of guys that really stick out. Uh, Kenley Jansen is, is a great, was a great closing pitcher, but, um, he's, he's up there in age and he's injured currently, but, um, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate and it is what it is. True. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on the Red Sox before we get to, uh, the Blue Jays? Let, I'm rooting for 2025. <laughs> I think, I think everybody's got to be rooting for 2026. Uh, yes Matt you got any any final thoughts on on the Red Sox uh no I'm good let's just get over to this exciting Blue Jays team you know it's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite MLB teams to follow for the wagers yeah you know they got a love-hate relationship with the Blue Jays yeah I got some some predictions for the Blue Jays this season Blue Jays got to do better than they did last season. I mean, last season they were projected to win that division and then they ended up coming in third place. Um, Not really fun. Not really a good season to watch. You kind of saw Alex Manoa, you know, phase out, not be from having one of a star studded season to being one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball because of what a clock. And if that's going to traject someone's career, I don't have that much faith in this team this season. Yeah, I I think they have a really good rotation. Um, Gossman, obviously, is is a player I love to watch pitch. He can strike people out. He's got his uh, placement and his location great. Bassett, he was a workhorse last season. He was one of those players. He's old, though. You know, His arm could get tired, but he's going to get out there, and he's going to be able to throw you six, seven capable innings, and he's going to be able to keep these batters off the, the bases. But then you got Barrios, Barrios who came in two years ago as their day one starter. And what did he do in that start? He gave up five runs. And that's kind of been the trajectory of his career the entire time he's been with the with the Blue Jays. The guy just doesn't seem to know how to not walk people, doesn't seem to know how to get people off the bags once they're on it. And it's just not something that you want to see from one of your third pitchers who's supposedly supposed to be one of your better pitchers. Um you had one of the surprise pitchers of last season, Kikuchi. I think Kikuchi is a good pitcher. He he keeps people off the bases, but I don't think he's a great pitcher. And he he's not someone that I actually want to really see pitch that much this season. Same thing with Manoa. Manoa can only go up from where he did last season. Relief pitching wise, I think that they're one of the best relief pitching teams in baseball with Swanson, Meza, Garcia, uh, Richards, and Romano. Um, not really too big of a fan on Chad Green. Um, there's a couple pitchers that I want to see, uh, really more just one pitcher that I want to see the the Blue Jays bring up and, and kind of take over as that reliever. And it's not Pearson. It's going to be Josver Zulueta. 
And I just think that he's got a really good fastball, really good breaking pitch. Um, and he's one of those players that I kind of want to see get out there. I don't want to see him start. I want to see him just pitch maybe two to three innings a game, kind of see what he does. But Romano at some points last season as their closer, who was supposed to be one of their most consistent players, he was giving up, you know, he was blowing saves like crazy. And, and I guess that that kind of goes in, terms with the with the nickname of the team you know bj he was blowing it um so we'll kind of see how this team goes this team is a very good offense and i love the addition of ikf but i mean they they gotta do something yeah they got rid of uh matt chapman and i know you guys last season i was not a big fan of chapman and i'm glad we got rid of him i mean good defensive player but he was either hit or miss literally he would either hit a home run or he would strike out no in between all right um, you knew i was a big fan of chap i know that you were a big fan of chap i knew lucas was a big fan of chap you guys gave me crap about it and then what kind of happened what did he do last season nothing he did enough to get off of this team uh i'm actually very excited um for Biggio this season. I think he could have a very good season, but I think he's going to kind of get lost in there because yeah, IKF probably is the starting third baseman. Um, you got Davis Schneider who's out there. Who's actually was a very good, you know, surprise player from last season ago, but I don't think he performs anywhere near. He did last season. He came in there and he was hitting home runs like crazy. And then he kind of phased out. And then it was just like, Oh, Davis Schneider, who's Davis Schneider. Vlad Guerrero, you know, he, he's going to – he's got to up his power. You know, he, he didn't hit as that many home runs last season. Um, Dalton Varsho was a great pickup a season ago. I think he's going to be great this season. Kevin Kiermeyer, the fact that they don't have him as their leadoff hitter baffles me. Yeah, they had Springer there, but I think that Kiermeyer is, is a better hitter. He gets more contact. At the number nine batting spot, Kiermeyer was the number one hitter in the ninth spot. And I think he could be, honestly, if you put him at one, he's probably still going to be up there. So why not have him be the leadoff hitter? It, it, it's the same thing with the Phillies. Like, why do you have why do you have Schwarber as the leadoff? You can have other players that, that can be more effective there. So go ahead and put a more effective player there. You know, they move their lineup around. They shift it around way too much. So it's too inconsistent. You can't really – you know, get a groove going when you're switching up. Oh, Bo Bichette, you now you're instead of batting second, you're going to bat fourth. Oh, now Vlad, you're going to bat third, fourth, fifth. Uh, Varsho sometimes will have you at second. Like it's just something. But the addition of Justin Turner, yeah, I like. He's going to be a player that gives you 20 to 25 home runs a season. He's going to be consistent, but I mean, consistency is not something that they need. Um, but two players that they, that I think that they, potentially move on from as much as I hate to see it and much as I would hate to say it. I honestly think that they could get a lot for Vlad. And I think that Vlad could be a liability coming up in the next season if they don't perform very well. I mean, it's just one of those things that I, I could see happening. They have to keep Bichette. He is actually the team. He is playing better than Vlad. I mean, Vlad is a liability on defense. He swings too much at pitches he shouldn't be swinging at and i would just rather see bo finally lead up and, and be the number one player in this organization um which he, which he honestly is but he's overshadowed by vlad um i actually had a cool thing they must keep bichette 
he is the team as much as people say Vladdy is. But guess what? Vladdy ain't his daddy. So that's my little thing on the Blue Jays. Blue Jays finished fourth, 80 to 85 wins, missed the playoffs. Matt, what you got? You you want to yell at me for saying they're going to be in fourth and not fifth? They're going to be in second. They're going to be in second. Okay. Do you want me to yell at you like I you mean, yelled at me for saying they were going to be in second? <laughs> if you want to, that's fine. No, I, I appreciate the confidence you have in the team, but I think that there's – it's going to be tough to beat the Orioles. It's going to be tough to beat the the Rays. It's going to be tough to beat the Yanks. Um, I just don't – I don't see them – this rotation, you know, yeah, it's got a lot of potential, but, I mean, you're going to have a lot of contact. You don't have a lot of power on this team, and, and you need to score runs. Um, one player that we haven't really talked about is Danny Jansen, and, but Jansen is actually the starting catcher now, which I love because I'm not – I've never big, been a big fan of uh, – of Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, he had his good season two years ago, but he fell off last season. He's a good catcher, a good defender, but he's slow as shit. And when you get <laughs> players on the base path, you need them to be able to advance. And he's one of those players that somehow he runs worse than Kyle Schwarber. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think this time at time this team's gonna be pretty good. They brought back uh uh Espinal and they have uh, Eduardo Escobar. That was a good signing. Um, and they actually have Spencer Horwitz. But, I mean, you just got to kind of see more than you did from this season a year ago. And I don't think they're going to give me more than they did a year ago. So that's why I have them down at four. You want to hear why I have them in second? I have them in second because they're bats. I mean, they have a pretty solid – they do have a pretty solid batting lineup. Um, obviously, you think you think that – you're telling me that Vlad is going to fall off. No, I'm saying he – no, I didn't, I'm not saying he's going to fall off. I'm saying that people are putting more stock into Vlad than he actually has. See, and I, I agree. I think, I think people are doing that. I mean, because he came out of – he came out of the cuts and won that home run derby last year too. Um, obviously, what, what do you do the, the real, people know though. What? What did you say? He did not incorporate those home runs into the season. I know. You do know, uh, and uh, many do know, that Bo Bichette is the heart and soul of that team. Solid, solid player. Um, obviously, you can definitely tell the difference when he's not healthy, not playing. Um, obviously, he's very effective when he's hitting. And as far as pitching-wise for this team, the only one that I seem too uh, very concerned with would be Barrios. Yeah, Barrios has the three. Like I don't, I don't get. Like, yeah, you got a lot of money invested in him, but he honestly should be your fifth. Um, and actually, I was at, I was wondering what you what your thoughts were on that Ryu earlier. You sway Kikuchi. Yeah, I like Kikuchi. No, no, not not Kikuchi. You're talking about Ryu going back to Korea. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. Get him out of the organization. I mean, I've never been a big fan of Ryu. <laughs> but, I mean, I one thing I'm not sure, uh, the one thing I'm not sure about is that DH spot with Justin Turner. I know you said that it's going to offer some consistency there. I, I think they've got some others that can be that can be more effective in that spot. But, I mean, that's just me. I, I like this team. I like the chemistry got going. 
Um, I would have rather seen Matt Chapman stay. IKF could have gone somewhere else, but you know, I, I also think it's possible Matt Chapman still hasn't been signed. Last I heard, nope. Matt Chapman. So it doesn't surprise you. Based off of him last season, it doesn't surprise me that he hasn't been signed. You know, you know, <laughs> you know who I could see him, you know, turning into more recently oh. after probably after this season. Who's that? Uh, who's that guy on the Yankees that would always think he was hitting a home run? Josh Donaldson. You know, we always get rid of our third baseman and pass them along because they go past their prime. And I think Matt Chapman right now is just past his prime. He's declining. Same thing happened with Donaldson. We got rid of him. And what happened to him? He was just atrocious. <laughs> I see the same thing happening to, to Chapman, you know. The Blue Jays are really good at getting play, rid of players that, that aren't going to perform like the, se- like the following season. Like they're like, oh, you're done. You're out of your prime. We're done with you. They're actually really good at that. Um, but that's also why I like this Justin Turner pickup because he's not out of his prime. I mean, he's still a power hitter. He's still going to get you 20, at least 20 home runs a season. And I think they know that they need to get more home runs this year than, than, than they produced last season. Um, so, Andy, what are you thinking for this group? So, yeah, Justin Turner is going to be a great part of this lineup. I am disappointed that Boston did not keep him around. Um, and again, Thought it was because they wanted to free up cash to invest in needed pitching. But if you're not going to fix the pitching, like Justin Turner was great for the Red Sox, especially converting into a DH role primarily. And I foresee him doing that again in this lineup. He doesn't have to be the savior of this lineup and he's not going to have, he he won't need to be, but he's going to be a very meaningful part of this. I think Uh, that's a great pickup for this offense. Um, Kiermaier hitting low in the order. I, I, I'm i a fan of the old school Tony LaRussa philosophy of give me a lead off at one and nine and just wrap that around base hitter after base hitter. Uh, Kiermaier is also a great defensive addition to this team. He's going to help limit runs with his defense. I like him as a defensive player way more than anything he gives with the bat. Uh, but I think Kiermaier is great for this uh, team as well. Um, interesting point you made about Alec Manoa. Uh, I play in a league where we're allowed to keep one player from one year to the next, and I kept Manoa last year, and he's the first player I have ever kept that I did not maintain for the season. It's like I can't give this guy a roster spot, and I really hope he is better this year, but um, I foresee him being a contributing member to this rotation, but nothing like he was a couple of years ago. But I think the front end of this rotation is strong enough to keep this team very competitive in the NL East's. Um, Gaussman, I it should be um, leading this rotation throughout the year in innings uh, and likely wins as well. Bassett, again, like getting up there in age, but still a very, very capable pitcher um, and tends to be one who who sticks out there and he knows his role. And I think he's going to do pretty similar to last year. And Barrios not the pitcher that Toronto thought they were going to get, but as the third pitcher in that rotation, I think he's going to be good enough to help them be competitive in this division. Um, Offensively, I love the, the three junior blue Jays. I love having that. They have Vlad, Bo and Kevin on this team. 
Um, I really hope that Biggio gets more opportunity and he starts hitting better um, and finds a place back in that lineup every day. Um, Vlad, I think you're right. I mean, it's a bold statement, but I don't think an inaccurate statement to say that if you're not going to DH him all the time, first and foremost, like at a certain point, his defense is way too much of a liability and he might be an amazing trade chip, but man, like I hope the Blue Jays don't come to that because they are such a fun team to watch with him, but he is not his father. He is not nose to toes Vlad senior, and he can't chase stupid stuff all over the place where he's going to get out and he's not going to hit the home runs that they expect him to hit in that lineup. He does have to produce more power. Um, for this lineup to really be as good as I think it is uh, capable of being. But, I mean, a stacked outfield of talent. I mean, two catchers that they're going to split that are both together. Very, very good. Um, I definitely like Danny Jansen a lot better, like you said. Um, But the two of them together, between the defense and the offense they both provide and how they support that pitching staff, I love that rotation of catchers. I think it's very important to that team as well. Um, I do have them finishing second in this division with about 88 wins. Um, I think that they are a more talented team uh, than Tampa Bay is, not by leaps and bounds, but I think that they have the opportunity to nudge out Tampa Bay um, and Baltimore. I think they're just deeper and more consistent um, and that they're going to be behind New York in this division. I think I, I mean maybe and maybe I undersold the Blue Jays. I mean just because of I I I'd rather them impress me than disappoint me this season. Oh, trust me, I get that philosophy. Like I'm very used to the Red Sox disappointing, so I get that. <laughs> and I was so disappointed last season because I had them what I had them winning that division last year, and then they ended up coming in third and barely making the playoffs, and then getting embarrassed at the playoffs first round, you know, wild card and all that. Um, That's true. I'd rather undersell the team that I like than oversell them just for added disappointment. And that's probably what I am doing here with the Blue Jays. I mean, I'm probably overselling some of these other teams, but I mean, this is probably the toughest division in baseball. So it's the most competitive division. Dan, what are you thinking? I think uh, you all gave a very good analysis of uh, the Blue Jays this season. There's not much to say on that other than. I disagree with uh, AJ with execution. I think it's going to be the Orioles and the Blue Jays on top, and uh, it's going to be uh, a good year for them. So three of us are thinking that they're coming in second. AJ, how does it feel? Uh, I mean, how does what feel? How does it feel that we've got more faith in your team than you do? I don't know. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you yelled at me that the Yankees were coming second. (laughs) (laughs) And you let it slide for Dan. (laughs) I got to be tougher on my own. Uh, I mean, on my son. Gosh, dude, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, so that, that's, uh, I believe that's the last, last team in the American League East for us. Um, so, so another thing I wanted to discuss, unless you've got something on the Blue Jays, a final thought. Yeah, one more bold prediction. Go uh, for it. Bassett gets traded to a playoff contender team if, if this team is not performing as well as you guys say they will. I think Bassett could be one of these players that, that could be a good trade target for, you know, some some decent talent. Okay. Um, so where I'm going next is 
there are a lot of athletes who have played multiple sports. So of all time, who would be your favorite athlete who maybe baseball wasn't their first sport, but they dipped in to the majors? Who do you like and why? Gotta love Michael Jordan for that for that gambling habit. <laughs> they have, to have to sit out a year so he could play baseball. Gotta love Jordan. <laughs> okay, who else we got? Uh, I mean, you got you got Sanders. Are, Are we talking specifically two sport athletes, and one of them was baseball? Somebody who was an athlete who ended up in the majors after their other league. Or, a, yeah, two sport athletes who ended up in the majors, yeah. I mean, I love Bo Jackson. <laughs> That's a solid one. That is a solid Definitely. Pick. I was going to say. <laughs> um, hmm. What did it did, – but did it did – it, Deion Sanders, didn't he play in, like, a game and then go play a football game, like, right after? Or was it, like, opposite? It is, I'm pretty sure he did that same day. Yeah, was, but, I don't remember the order, but he definitely same age uh, football and baseball. I mean, I mean, you've got you said Bo uh, Bo Jackson was said Tim Tebow. <laughs> no, Tim Tebow did play here for a little while too. Good. I mean the the most iconic picture of Tim Tebow in a Mets uniform is when he was trying to catch a ball in outfield and he had his eyes completely closed. <laughs> but I mean, you have other players like John Elway who, who played Joe Maurer who played. Mauer. Power. <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, how am I not going to say Jim Brown? So, as we as we've mentioned that there's multiple uh, or players that played in multiple leagues and things like that, you know, obviously there's a lot of correlation between NFL players and MLB players. Who do you who would you have liked to see play? And they could be current, they can be former. Who would you have liked to see play in the MLB? I'm Brady. Catch you through the Montreal Expos. Do you think he would have had a more successful career playing baseball as opposed to football? Oh, the Expos would still be a team. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan is saying that the city – have any of you ever been to Montreal? Yes. Yeah, so no, that city does not give a fly, did not give a flying fuck about baseball. I love the city of Montreal, but, like, they couldn't be more disinterested in a thing. Like, I, I can't make an analogy. It's that bad. But, like, yeah, this is a bold state. Tom Brady is the reason that the Expos could not keep fans in the stands. <laughs> it was my first all, game I went to a uh, Montreal Expos game. When I was there, they were not in town, but the prices were criminally low. I was like, oh, for like $10 American, like, I can just watch a baseball game. It's too bad they're not here. I would Mm. would have to say the player I would want to see is, is we kind of talked about him on a a past episode. I would want to see how either Kyler Murray does in if he was actually going to go play MLB or Russell Wilson if he actually was going to go play MLB. 
I forgot about Kyler Murray and that whole baseball thing. Yeah, no, you might be onto something there. At this point in Russell Wilson's career, I don't think he's got anything to offer the major league oh, yeah, baseball. No, but it, it could have been a, a nice what if because he was actually pretty good, I guess, pitcher or something like that. Yeah, not bad. Hmm. Who would I want to see? Yeah, that's a tough call. I mean, I want to see Tiger Woods in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have you could have saw Dante Culpepper. You could have saw Dan Marino. You could have saw. Uh, Russell Wilson, a Golden Tate, Patrick Mahomes taken after his pappy and going to go play be a pitcher. <laughs> Reverse. I wish Jeff Samarja actually went to the NFL instead of being a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Loved him at Notre Dame. Okay. I, I feel like a lot of these uh, quarterbacks are, are are pretty much a lot of the people that we want to see. Matt Lynn listed off like eight. I listed off like two. Matt <laughs> Castle. Yeah. Um, okay. So one other one other random random one I got for you. What you can pick any athlete, any sport. Who is in the wrong sport and where do you think they belong? Dennis Rodman should be playing soccer. Draymond <laughs> Green should be in the UFC. <laughs> I've never Randy thought about Johnson. basketball. You say Randy Johnson basketball? Yeah, yeah, dude, six foot ten. He, I bet you he could. He would uh, be a, a unit back in the day. Still, <laughs> it does make me think about like Julius Peppers was such a great basketball player at North Carolina. I didn't even know he played football until he got drafted. I was like, wait, like that guy's not going to go to the NBA. Like there's a, what's his name? Antonio Gates was a basketball player too. Apparently he was pretty good at, at basketball as well. Yeah, yeah no, their, their football team was in desperate need of help. And he's like, whatever, I'll give that a try. Like he didn't start playing organized football until he was like a sophomore in college. What was it? Uh, also Brock Lesnar and like all those wrestlers, like they all were kind of on, on football teams, and then they were oh, there like, a lot of lots of wrestlers were football players. Yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns, The Rock, Goldberg. Who is your least favorite athlete of all time, and why? Oh God! All right. So my least favorite athlete of all time is actually LeBron James because I love Michael Jordan, and I hate people always doing the comparison of which one's better. Blah 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 blah. So I honestly hate LeBron. I mean, I hate LeBron James for different reasons, but I don't. He's not the athlete I hate most, but I definitely, I yeah, I hate LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> I think I hate Pete Rose the most. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, baseball has really only ever had one rule ever that went into existence and is abided by consistently: is thou shalt not gamble on baseball, and you did it, and you admitted to it. And you got the punishment you were supposed to get, which is a lifetime ban, and then you complained about it after the fact. Like, you don't get to do that. It's against the rules. Also, Hit King or Not took him twice as long to do it than Ty Cobb. Like, less impressed. Also, complete asshole and a terrible person to the people he played against, unnecessarily so. Injured people in all-star games. That guy's a scumbag, and he com- and all he does is make a living off of complaining about what he deserved and what he agreed to. Fuck Pete Rose, and he never belongs back in baseball. 
We we just got to do an episode. Fuck Pete Rose. <laughs> Dan, what do you got? Uh, Mike Vick. Uh, he was mean to dogs. And then uh, Madden, his uh, players always souped up too much. Hey, Vic, Vic did his time. <laughs> Can't be mean to animals. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> it's just People are not on board with that, nor should they be. <laughs> Wasn't that uh wasn't that something Daryl said of the office is hey Vic did his time? <laughs> Maddie, what do you got? You got too many? I was gonna say, I know you're I know you hate Pat Mahomes, I know you hate Tom Brady. Somebody I hate. Draymond Green. Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> you you wanna know who actually I hate a lot? And I don't know why. Like I loved him when he was like on the on the Mariners, but for some reason, once he went to the Yankees, I hated him. And it was Alex Rodriguez. And I don't even do it as as a non Yankees fan. Like I just he was so. I just thought his career was so much better when he was on the Mariners. And then then he went what? Then he went to the Rangers, and then he went from the from the Mariners from the Rangers to the Yankees. And I just feel like every single like he's such a decline. It was just. Jeez. Yeah, he went from such a promising kid that was like a potential face of baseball and very likable to somehow very not likable as a Ranger and detestable as a Yankee. I mean, I remember reading a lot about when that happened that Lou Pinello was like the person in his life he needed to balance him out. And when he left Seattle, he never got that back in his life at a time where like he wasn't really mature enough on his own. And it wasn't like as a person, like he just became so unlikable. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Another one I got is Max Crosby. Uh, I really do. God, I, just hate, I, I hate Crosby so much, but I just think it's because he's an idiot. I, I just hate him, Maddie. And Maddie, anytime they show him on the TV, when. When he's playing or they say his name, I'm just like, I fucking hate him. I think he's leaving Vegas. He's leaving Vegas? I think everybody should leave Vegas. Uh, gosh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo had it best getting cut because then he's like, I have no chance of ever coming back here. He needs to fucking retire. I can't stand him either. <laughs> uh, remember when Jimmy went over to San Fran and he started dating all the porn stars? <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, remember Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy went to the went to San Francisco and started dating all the porn stars. Hopefully, Jimmy Jimmy took after his name when he was. Oh up. yeah, Jimmy the Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so still stands. If I can get in touch with Pat Corbin, you said you'll hit a home run off that motherfucker. Yep. Okay. After he hits me in the head with the ball. <laughs> Why is that? Because he, he's going to hate me. <laughs> I'm going to talk so much crap when I'm in the box. Like five seconds, he's knocked out with the baseball. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the old guy from the Sandlot from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at. Let's go. Let's hit some final thoughts. What's everybody thinking? I am thinking that the Vegas Golden Knights really need to step it up and have a really good second half of this season for me not to be disappointed. They lost okay. to Nashville. I think they. I think that Nashville has the season sweep on them, and Nashville is atrocious. And the fact that they could only put up one goal like per game against them this season, 
just doesn't sit right in my stomach. It doesn't sit right in my belly. <laughs> also, also, I'm really excited to see how the second half of this NBA season turns out. I feel like post All-Star break, there's always like a team or two that really just overperforms and just wows somebody and, and just gets so hyped up. And I'm ready to see who that team is. I think it's going to be the Magic, honestly. I can say Derek White has a couple blocks already today. Love Derek. Derek White is so scrappy. I love that guy. Yeah, once ball Derek White, I love it. I miss refusing to recognize uh, my hairline is twelve inches behind where it should be. Derek White, like he just has, has a hairstyle that's got to be hard to own. He owned the shit out of that. Ball Derek White is like Derek White two like a gear even higher than I knew he was capable of. <laughs> Gotta respect the players that just embrace like how bad their hairline is. Like Kevin Durant. Uh, Derek White, uh, LeBron James actually had the reverse hairline. He he said, "I'm going to get implants, and and we're going to make this stop happening." It's just you got to respect a player who's just like, "Yeah, I'll go bald." I mean, Michael Jordan did it. Michael Jordan is also the goat. So, any other final thoughts we got? I don't know what you got on some final thoughts, Matt. Where we got to get some kind of wager going about this where the Yankees are going to place. Oh, don't worry. We will, Matt. <laughs> so let's, let's kick it right on over to, uh, let's kick it right on over to those shout outs. Danny P. I know you got some for us. What do you, who do you got today? Um, I'm going to have to say shout out to you guys, you know, putting in the uh, bets and posting it on the page. And you know, I just look at them and like saves me a bunch of time and, you know, some of them hit, and you know, it's, it's a good deal. <laughs> I want to give a huge shout out to our potential intervention we're going to have for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> because he is he is throwing down on some uh, some 10 to 15 leggers out there. I'm afraid to get crazy. Best part is, though, is they're, they're looking pretty solid. Gosh, spoken like a true addict. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously, we did the American League East. We have to give that shout out to Bo Bichette. Gotta give it, gotta, gotta give the shout out to Half Baked Goodness. <laughs> did you know that there's a they have a place in Buffalo, New York called Half Baked Cookies? And I thought it was Cody's like company, and it's not. It's a it's a knockoff. It's a ripoff. But apparently, it's better than Crumble. And uh, we might have to go trash the place. Hey, I, <laughs> I do not condone that we are going to trash a place <laughs> on our recording. <laughs> oh yeah, no, sorry, we're not going to do that, guys. For legal but, reasons, we've been told not to to retract any statements about trashing anything from from the <laughs> podcast. But we do give that shout out to Cody over at Half Baked Goodness. AJ always has those smooth pickup lines. AJ, actually, we'll get to it after Andy has his shout-out. Andy, who do you got? I actually want to shout-out a local business I'll be patronizing next week, uh, Love Handles over on the north side. Uh, I didn't know that I could like frozen yogurt, but they have free video games, too, and that's definitely where it's at. So shout-out, and they give so much in charity. Like, I def- like every time you patronize, you get to decide where – some money goes to a good local cause. So I'm shouting out uh, Love Handles. 
Hell yeah. Love handles. Got to get that frozen yogurt. AJ, we got to go with Andy. Dan, we got to go with Andy. We got to go get some of that frozen yogurt and play some video games. Um, is Love Handles, is that the one that's on James Street? It's yeah. in the old subway. Okay, yeah, yeah, the old subway. Um, yeah, I've never been there. So the next one I have is, AJ, are we shooting a shot this week? You know, I was, and then freaking, I, I had the person all picked out, and and guess what? Someone else swooped him up. Who? So I was going to give a shout out to Maryland basketball player Lavender Briggs. I don't know if you guys have seen this chick, but she is phenomenal. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's girlfriend now. What? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to pick a new person to shoot your shot. I I just found out about this. I'm too distraught. Every It's like these guys know I'm going to be going for a girl, and they're just like, we're not going to let this happen. We cannot contend with AJ. Once he shoots his shot, we got to get on this. We got to lock it down. So I guess shout out to Tyrese Maxey for, for pulling the Benny Blanco and stealing the chick for me again. Oh, I fully expect on our next episode, when we cover a national league division or a national league, a national league teams, which, where are we going? Uh, I have a, a division that I think we should do. I think it'd be a very fun division. Um, I want to say we could go with the NL Central. I like that. So when we do that, AJ is going to be shouting out somebody from the NL Central. I'm, wait, who? Wait, what? <laughs> I said AJ is going to be shooting his shot at somebody in the NL Central. Um. Okay. I, I mean, it's all dudes, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's just a sad, sad, sad thing. Um, <laughs> gosh, I it, it's it's so sad, you know. I who do, who do you guys want off the market? Because I guess I'll 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 figure out. I'll shoot my shot at that person next. I'm like the good luck Chuck of of shooting my shot. I shoot my <laughs> shot towards you, then you find your true love. No, I told you, you'll find somebody in one of those cities or. Well, yeah, one of those cities. You can shoot your shot at them. Doesn't have to be a dude. It can be a female. It's okay. Oh, good. Thank you. I mean, unless you want it to be a dude, then you can do that too. I feel like I'd have better whatever luck. Makes you happy. <laughs> what was that, Andy? <laughs> whatever makes you happy. <laughs> I support you. I don't know. You you guys want to you guys want to hear about the how Tyrese Maxey and Lavender Briggs met? Go ahead. They met. They met bec- through their passion of basketball. Um, Mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> and guess. And guess what? They have a long distance relationship that they that they talk through and connect through FaceTime, text messages, and social media, where they share their love and admiration for each other. They also try to visit each other whenever they can, especially during the off season or holidays. So. Wait, yeah. did you read like the bio online? basketball power couple she also loves long walks on the beach slow songs spicy foods i guess i guess (laughs) but on that note we just we here at sports line predictors just want to say thank you we love you guys 
AJ, hit him with the tags. Guys, get on over to the social media. If you're following on Instagram, you got to wait 24 hours, then you'll be able to follow us because somehow we got banned. But that's okay. We're coming back tomorrow. But Instagram, at Sportsline Predictors. And if you're on TikTok, it's at Sportsline P. Don't ask why. That's just how it has to be. Other than that, we love you guys. We hope you have a good one. And we'll catch you on our next episode.